Go with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. It was just past midnight when a group of masked men smashed in the door of the home of Alva Newell this past July in Berlin, Vermont. They bursted, they busted down the door, they came rushing in. All of the noise there immediately awoke him and his 85-year-old mother that lives with him. The men grabbed Alva began assaulting him, punching him, kicking him, choking him. He thought for sure they were going to kill him. But that's not what they were there for. You see, they were there for Alva's collectibles. You see, he was a well-known collector of gold and silver jewelry and, and antiques, and he had all kinds of fine antique jewelry chests set up in a display room there in his home. And they were all filled with jewelry. They demanded the jewelry they said, give it to us. While they're ransacking his entire house, they just kept smashing stuff, breaking stuff, throwing stuff. And they were only there for 15 to 20 minutes, but made away with $100,000 worth of Alva's collection. And, and who knows how much damage was done to his home and to his furnishings on their way out. They weren't done yet. They, they said, and give us your wallet. And they even took Alva's wallet they jumped in their car they headed out into the night toward Montpelier the police eventually came as you well know the police are there to investigate not usually to stop you got to be ready the police eventually came to investigate and and they hoped to find the thieves that not only made away with his stuff but also left him walking with a cane because of the injuries to his feet and knees and shoulder and head Alva said that he was robbed, though, of more than his valuables that night. More importantly, he says he was robbed of his sense of security. Beloved, can you imagine how scary it would be to have a group of men burst into your home in the middle of the night? I mean, isn't that like one of the biggest nightmares that we have? I mean, how many of y'all sleep with a gun near the bed just in case something might happen, right? I mean, <laughs> look here, y'all, my, my, my nine milli for really. <laughs> just, just right there, baby. Come on, you know. But listen this morning to the words of Jesus Christ from his Olivet Discourse. Matthew 24, 42 through 44. The Word of God says this. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day our Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This morning, we're going to continue our series called Ready for His Return. Walking through the parables of Jesus' Olivet Discourse here where he details his second coming. He tells us what it's going to be like. Last week we saw that it's going to be like the flood of the days of Noah. Today as we go a little bit further in Matthew 24, we learn today, today's truth is this. The second coming of Christ will be like a thief in the night. Like a thief in the night. Now, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that Jesus is coming for your stuff. 
What that means is, is that Jesus is coming back at an hour when you least expect it, right? I mean, that's when thieves come. They don't come when you're ready. They don't come when you're standing, watch, with your shotgun loaded, I mean, ready to repel them. As Jesus said here in our text, if the master of the house had known at what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into, y'all. I mean, th- I mean, that's the very point. You don't know. You do not know when the thief is coming. He comes when you least expect it. So here's the deal. When it comes to real thieves, you either get robbed or you get ready so that you can endure when they come. And the same is true this morning for Jesus Christ. Look, he's coming at an hour you least expect it, and you will either get rolled away unexpectedly to destruction, or you get ready so that you can endure when he comes. Now this thief in the night imagery here is not just found here in Matthew 24. It's, it's found all throughout the New Testament. I mean, this is, a, this is a powerful, powerful parable in that sense, right? The imagery there, right? Because it, it does, it gets to the very heart of us. Strikes to the very core of, of the things that scare us, the things that go bump in the night, so to speak. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 says, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. 2 Peter 3.10 2 Peter 3.10 says But the day of the Lord will come Like a thief Jesus said it again When Apostle John uh, uh, Communicated the book of Revelation to us Revelation 3.3 Remember then what you received and heard Jesus said Keep it and repent If you will not wake up I will come like a thief And you will not know at what hour I will come Against you. And then one more time, Revelation 16 15. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not be about naked and be seen, exposed. The second coming of Christ, y'all, will be like a thief. And in light of this truth, we must realize first that the the world, the world will be caught completely off guard. That's the first thing you need to see this morning. The world's going to be completely caught off guard. We kind of saw that last week, but it carries through here into this parable. The world will not be ready. They'll be asleep is the imagery here, right? They're snoozing, they're they're snoring, they're unconscious to the reality that Jesus is coming again. It's, It's not even a thought in their head. They're busy with lives, living for themselves, pursuing whatever their heart, whatever their flesh desire. And when Jesus comes again, they'll could be completely caught off guard. And it'll be too late. Listen, you've got to understand this morning that when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no second chances. There are no time out, time out, come on, time out. There's no pause button. When Jesus comes, every person who has not yet turned from sin and trusted in Christ will immediately, listen to me, will immediately begin to have the wrath of God poured out on them. Now, beloved, you see, that's one of the problems with so much of our pop culture end times theology. 
listen to me this morning, it plays up fear of the wrong person. So much of our pop end times theology has us afraid of the Antichrist. You better come to Jesus so you don't have to face that Antichrist in the tribulation. Come on, you don't want to miss that. You, you want to miss that. Get out of here, right? You don't want to be here for the Antichrist reign of terror. And we've been fed a diet of that over the course of our lives. But beloved, listen, it's not the wrath of the Antichrist that should have the world shaking in its boots. It should be the wrath of God. No doubt. No, don't get me wrong. The Antichrist terror on this earth, the Bible tells us it's going to be bad. But you know what the Bible also tells us? It's going to be endurable by the power of God. But when the wrath of God comes upon this earth, listen to me, it is not it is inescapable. It'll be like the flood of Noah's day that, that wipes the earth clean of everything wicked. It'll be inescapable. So listen, if, if, if you've not yet turned from sin and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, the wrath of God stands ready to burst forth like a mighty damned river. Just picture, I don't know, the Hoover Dam or, or the biggest dam you can think of in the world. All of that water behind that dam welled up, churning, just ready. And with one word, with one word, God says, go, and it'll break forth. The wrath of God will break forth like that rushing water, sweeping away all who do not have Christ as Savior and Lord to destruction. Listen, again, there's going to be no time to change your mind. And no timeouts, no second chances. So if that's you this morning, please, I beg you. You should turn from sin right now. You should trust in Christ right now, today, before it's everlastingly too late. Look, don't be caught off guard like the world's going to be. Come to Christ. Be saved from the wrath of God that's coming on the world. The second coming of Christ is going to be like a thief in the night. Again, the world's going to be caught off guard, but that brings me to the second thing I want you to notice this morning and to consider this morning is that the world will be completely caught off guard, but the church, the church should be ready. Now, when we read Jesus' words here in the Gospel of Matthew, he clearly tells us in verse 44, y'all better be ready. Therefore, you also must be ready. Why? We already covered this. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. In fact, he told us back in verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. Right? We talked about this last week. Jesus in his human nature didn't even know the day or hour. And if he didn't know, then we don't know. We've got to stand ready. And I want to say to you this morning, it could be today. It could be today. Yes, it seems that there could be more prophecy to be fulfilled. All right, I, I'm not going I'm, I'm to say there, it doesn't seem that way. But also, here's the deal. I'm not going to trust my ability to discern the nuances of prophetic utterances from God. I'm not going to trust myself, right? For all I know, everything could be filled and Jesus could return before the sermon is over. I mean, do you understand this morning, y'all, that the next sound that you might hear 
could be what the Holy Spirit described to us through Apostle Paul in, in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself, he writes, will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Beloved, that cry of command, that trumpet of God may, where, may very well be the next sound that we hear. And while the world's going to be caught off guard, here's the deal. You and I and the whole church should not be. Apostle Paul, again, he goes on to say as much in the very next chapter of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 through 4. The Word of God says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. There's that bridge, right? Be ready. You don't know when He's coming. He's a thief in the night. And here we go right here in 1 Thessalonians. He's going to come. You know this like a thief in the night. How do we know this? Because Jesus told us this, Matthew 24. Verse 3. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But listen to this. You, he's talking to us, he's talking to the church. You are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. He says the, the world's going to be surprised, caught off guard, but we, we should not be. The world, they're, they're hollering peace, man. Y'all ain't got anything to worry about. Just live your best life now. In fact, just do it. Whatever it is, just do it. Just follow your heart. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is what the world says, but Paul says we, we, we know better than that. We know better than to think like the fools of this world because, listen, the foolery of the world is going to hell and they're going with it. We know better than to follow that. We know better than to think like that. We're to be ready. We should be ready. So how do we remain ready? Are you ready? How do we remain ready? Well, he gives us five quick ways here. First, you've you got to know the truth of God's Word. You've got to know the truth of God's Word. By, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, he says in verse 4, You are not in darkness, brothers, for that the day would surprise you like a thief. Now, when I hear the word darkness, I mean, my mind here, when I think about being in darkness, my mind immediately goes to, to Psalm 119, verse 105. Y'all know that one by heart. Your Word. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path beloved we're not darkness because we have the word of God God has revealed to us that which we could not know otherwise he's told us he's shined his light he's lit up the darkness so that we might know what's true what's real uh, which way is it safe to go that we might not stumble and that we might not fall into a pit he goes on to say there in verse 5 he says you are all children of light children of the day we are not of the night nor of the darkness 
You see, God's word informs us. God's word not only informs us, it protects us. God's word makes us ready. Now, as to the details of Jesus' second coming, listen, th- th- there's going to be variation among Christians, right? I mean, we're we all going to get out of our charts. We're all going to put our timeline together of Christ comes and when's the rapture going to come and when's the millennium going to come and, and when does the eternal state come in when, when he makes all things new, new heaven, new earth. God comes down from heaven, sets up new heaven, new earth right here. When, when is that going to happen? Well, there's going to be nuances. There's going to be variations among Christians, even Christians in this church right here. I mean, I mean there's, there's even variations amongst our pastoral team here at this church. Some are dispensational, some are covenantal. Some are going to be convinced of a pre tribulational rapture, some a mid tribulational rapture, others a post tribulational rapture. Some are going to say that Jesus will return before his millennial reign. Others will say, well, no, no, no. It's going to be after his millennial reign, and still others are going to say we're presently already experiencing his millennial reign, but not yet the fullness of that which, was, which, which is coming. All of these positions here, people even within the same church on the same staff can hold, and, and listen, do hold. And we can have a really good intramural debate over these things, but the one thing that binds us together is this undeniable truth from God's word which is the main thrust of God's word on this topic y'all is that Jesus Christ is bodily coming again and it's soon and very soon you know what I'm saying I mean that's the that that's the the timetable that he (laughs) extends to us right it's this nearness that we should be ready that is so clear from God's word and, and, and you're convinced of your position I'm convinced of mine that's fine but the main thrust that we agree on is that we should be ready we know this truth well therefore when Jesus bursts forth from heaven like a thief in the night we won't be surprised in the least right we won't be surprised in the least we already knew it was going to happen so we remain ready by knowing the truth of God's word second to remain ready we got to remain vigilant remain vigilant apostle paul goes on here in verse 6 first thessalonians 5 6 he says so then let us not sleep as others do but let us keep awake and be sober now if you're a watchman on the wall the, the worst thing you can do is fall asleep i mean it's it's hard to see the enemy coming when you're sound asleep snoring that's why the military takes it so seriously when people fall asleep on watch. William Scott, t- t- today he's, he's one of Vermont's best-known Civil War soldiers, but he didn't gain his fame on the battlefield. He gained his fame by falling asleep on guard duty. That's why today he's known as the Sleeping Sentinel. August 31, 1861, an officer of the guard in making his regular tours of inspection found William Scott asleep at his post. And subsequently, Scott was court-martialed. He was found guilty. He was sentenced to be shot to death on Monday, September 9th, 1861. And on that morning, the regiments of Vermont were drawn up to watch the execution. 
of William Scott. And the firing squad, they took its position. The prisoner was brought forth. The death sentence read. And then a pardon was issued. He was shown mercy. But it was a stern warning to all. Beloved, don't you dare be that sleeping sentinel. No, we've got to remain awake. We've got to remain awake spiritually watching. I mean, even longing, even longing for Jesus Christ to come again so that we're ready when He comes again. Third, we remain ready to remain ready. Do the deeds of the daylight. Do the deeds of daylight. Look at verse 7 and 8 here in 1 Thessalonians 5. For those who sleep, they sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So Christian, that means you and I, we, we're of the day. We are of the day. We are of light. Therefore, we do light, not dark. We do holy, not sinful. We do righteous, not, not wicked. I mean, I ask you this morning, what do you hope to be found doing when Jesus Christ returns? We're going to specifically focus on that in a future parable here in this series. But I don't know about you. I want to be found by Jesus, living for Jesus. Amen? Man, I want to be found loving Him, glorying Him, right? Therefore, we're going to do as the Holy Spirit says. In Ephesians 2, 22 through 24, the Word of God says, there says, says to, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. You're no longer of night, right? You're of day. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holy. So, beloved, we stay ready by doing the deeds of daylight. Like, he, again, could come at any moment. What do you want to be found doing when he returns forth to remain ready? Long for Christ's coming instead of fearing it. If we're in Christ, we have nothing to fear. It is going to be a dreadful day, right? I mean, all throughout the Bible, it's called the day of the Lord. And it doesn't mean like, yay, it's the day of the Lord. No, it's the day of the Lord. And the world should fear. The world should tremble. But check what it says here. It says we have that breastplate of faith, that breastplate of love. We have that helmet of salvation because of all of that. Look what it says about you and me in verse 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with Him. And then this is the good news, right? He's coming, but He's coming for us, not to destroy us, not to, to sweep us away to destruction, but to save. 
us the wrath of God coming upon the earth if you're in Jesus Christ will not touch you as we talked about last week right you're you're safe in the ark of Christ you are not destined to wrath you are destined to salvation and so whether we're awake which in this here right Apostle Paul here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit like he 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 tends to switch back and forth by what he means by these metaphors here right uh, earlier being asleep was bad okay and then here all of a sudden being asleep is not necessarily bad here in this section right because whether we are awake which means to be alive or to sleep which here in this in this sentence here it means to die to sleep here means to die we have nothing to fear now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep and if I die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take whether we're awake or whether we're asleep whether we live or whether we die we have nothing to fear if we're in Christ in fact the Apostle Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain he said it's better actually to go and, and, and die and to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. But our heart's desire either way, whether it's awake or asleep or live or die, our desire is to see Him. So whether we die and go to Him and see Him, or we live and He comes to us and we see Him, either way, He is our rescue. He is our hope. He is the very lover of our soul. Savior of both our body and soul. And we long to see Him. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Right? I mean, isn't that the, the thrust of Christianity? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Finally, fifth and finally, to remain ready. Encourage one another. The years get long. Sometimes the waiting gets hard. I mean, if you were to turn to the book of 2 Peter, it says, basically, is he ever going to come? It looks like he's never going to come. And so we've got to encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore, encourage one another. Build one another up just as you're doing. I mean, I, I thank the Lord that he's given us each other. I mean... When we get settled, when we get complacent, the Bible says that He's given us one another to stir one another up. When we get sleepy and we begin to drift off into the unconsciousness of the spiritual world and, and, and the unconsciousness of life, like we're just not paying life any mind, the true things of life, the Bible says that we're here to shake one another awake. Wake up! And when we're discouraged... God has given us each other to cheer one another. Beloved, remaining ready is a community project. Together, together we remain ready. Together we help one another. In fact, guys, that's why it's so important that we do what we're doing right here every Sunday morning, every Lord's Day. That's what the Holy Spirit has told us to do. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 clearly says this and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works 
not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day the day the day of Christ's return drawing near and beloved I'm just going to tell you right now the day is drawing near the day is drawing near are you ready a Roman clergyman back in the third century he calculated that Jesus would return about AD 500 and he based that on the dimensions of Noah's Ark I don't know how but guess what happened in 500 AD Jesus didn't come back January 1 1000 many Christians in Europe as you can imagine they predicted the end of the world but guess what Jesus didn't come back in the middle ages Pope Innocent III he got really really creative he took the year that Islam was founded, 618, and he added the number 666, which is the number of the beast. And he said, if we take Islam and the beast and add them together, surely that will give us the year of the Lord's return, which was 1,284. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but that year came and went without Christ's return. Joseph Smith February 14, 1835, the founder of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, he called a meeting of the leaders and he announced that Jesus would return within the next 56 years and he even prophes prophesied that, that he would be alive when, it when, when he came. Unfortunately, a mob later attacked Joseph Smith and murdered him and Christ did not come back in his lifetime. Take William Miller, take Charles Taze Russell with the Jehovah's Witnesses, take, take Edgar Wisenot, right? He wrote this book. He wrote, he wrote 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is in 1988. And man, he got rich. Everybody wanted that book, right? In the 80s, give me that book. Four million copies sold. But Christ did not return. And then probably most recently, and there, and there have been others, but... The, the, the big name, Harold Camping, predicted the end of the world. He advertised on his 55 radio stations and like 6,000 billboards. He said, Judgment Day is coming, May 21, 2011. And when May 21, 2011 came and Jesus didn't come back, he said, actually, you know, I, I think it's October of this year. Beloved, we could go on and on with examples like this. But we know this one fact. The second coming of Christ will be like a thief in the night. Which means that Jesus will return when you least expect it. And here's my final prayer this morning. May we all be ready. May we all be ready when Jesus bursts through the door.